Hello and welcome back to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Uh, This is a comics roundup episode and this is our comics roundup for the month of October. Um, As always, um, I'm your host, Dan, aka Vader's Castle Library, and I'm joined by my two shit boys, Chris, SW Book Collector, and John. (laughs) (laughs) The the other half of Vader's Castle Library. That's the one. Not just John. Just John. Expose my secret identity like that. You like the shit part of the library or the, <laughs> all the spot books. <laughs> yeah, the corner of the library where all the high schoolers go to make out. That's the... Yeah, that's that's John. <laughs> beating him off with a stick. <laughs> that sounds dodgy. <laughs> Just beating him off. Full stop. And uh, comics roundup has started as it often does with a dick joke. Brilliant. Yep. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Should we should we dive in? So uh, this month. Well, this last month in October, we got, I don't know, 10 comics, I think it was. I'm trying to count, but I can't count that quickly. Um, Dark Droids event still continuing. New High Republic Phase 3 launch with Shadows of Starlight. More um, shitty Disney Plus adaptations. Um, so we got heaps to talk about. Um the first one on my list, lads, is uh, Bounty Hunters number 39. Um, so as always, written by Ethan Sachs, art by Davide Tinto. Uh, and this one sort of picks off, picks back up where we left off last month with um, Valance being turned into a scary, scourge-controlled cyborg and scrapping with the Bounty Hunters crew. Um, I'll start with you, Chris. What did you think of Bounty Hunters 39? If it wasn't for another one of the issues this month being probably one of the best single issues of all time, this would be my issue of the month. I loved it. Like, I, remember, I think you remember me saying that one of my favourite parts of Bounty Hunters recently was the whole Lasha, Vukura thing, and Tongo, and that whole dynamic. And obviously it went away for a little bit because it focused on Valance again, and Boba Fett came in. But we're getting payoff for that storyline in this issue, and I loved it because I feel like Vukura is a really compelling character. And to have mm-hmm. her back in this issue against Lasha, yeah. uh, after everything that happened between them, I am 100% here for it. It yeah. was great. And we got to see Derpy Ass Dirge doing his Derpy Ass things. <laughs> Derpy Dirge. <laughs> Derpy Dirge. It was, yeah, it was great. Like, it, it's got such a light tone to it yeah. now. Obviously, there's lots of serious things going on. And obviously, unfortunately, we found out we're literally mere issues, mere issues from the absolute end of the series. Um, and which we don't is know whether going to come back, yeah. which is really sad. Um, but it definitely feels like it's going to go out on a high. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, really, really good. What about you, John? I know Bounty Hunters is your favourite. This one living up to the hype. It is indeed. Yeah, um, I was very excited going into this issue, um, and yeah, lived up to the hype. After, after agree with you, Chris. I think yeah, if it wasn't for another issue this series, I'm hoping it's you're thinking of the same one. Um, probably would have been Vader, right? Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it probably would have been my, my favorite one of the week. Although I will admit some 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 bias from previous. Uh, I loved it the whole the whole run really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, it is fun. The, the dynamics of all the characters is, is is great. There were some 
some inter- a fun little Bosk moments there where he's like jumping in the, the scrap and save Valance and he's like, well, you know. I don't really I don't like him. him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like him, but you can't kill him. He's like, oh, he's he's the worst, but he's our worst. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I enjoy like just the, the oh, I was going to say friendship between a lot of them, but they're not really friends. They're just kind of like well-acquainted colleagues and I just enjoy the relationships um, between yeah. them. Yeah, really yeah, cool. Dynamics awesome, as well. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I also love how uh, Valance literally just killed the newest member of the team and like people care they like care but like in a bounty hunter where it's just like, oh for fuck's sake you know it's not like they're on their knees like <laughs> weeping they're just like, oh for god's sake like now we've got to fucking deal with this um and I, I love the fact how it ends with oh we're not going to go save him we're just going to go kill him and it's like yeah that's how it's done and these ends. yeah yeah i mean that 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 little scene flashback scene that they had like just before they went to the Kligson station or whatever it was called where Valance says to Tonga, like, if I go bad, kill me, <laughs> which was like pretty nuts. I thought that scene was like pretty powerful. Yeah, really, really good. I mean, to, you, know, you know, I'm a big Tonga stan, um, mm-hmm. but because I very much feel she's like the anchor, the beating heart of this series. Yeah. Um, with so many big characters that have like murky motivations and stuff like that, like I feel like the very fact that they are a kind of a family mm-hmm. um, is because of her, and that comes across here. Like they, I think I feel like they all have genuine affection for him. Even Bosk have genuine affection for Tonga, and to see that heart being a put in front of everything else in this issue was absolute testament to the character. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, to be honest, I, I pretty much agree with what you guys are saying. I think this issue was great. Um, I love the action. At, like, I think this series over the course of the 39 issues has built such a strong sort of dysfunctional family dynamic between these characters. And I think it's it's peaked at this point in the story, uh, which is perfect because we're coming to the end of the story as well. Um, we've only got two issues left, which is really, really sad. Um, but no, I absolutely loved it. I think... Like Derpy Dirge and like Bosk yeah. and Zuckus is brilliant as well. Like they all contribute their own sort of like fun energy to, to the story and everything going on with like Kligson and the Scourge yeah. droids was like really interesting as well. How, how did you feel about the whole Kligson thing? Because that didn't go the way I was expecting it to. I mean, it's a bit sort of cliche um, and, uh, you know, of the genre. But that's mm-hmm. to be expected with Star Wars, isn't it? But the resolution of that story, how did you how did you find that? Yeah, I mean, it worked for me. I, it kind of took me by surprise, I guess. Um, yeah. But I liked it. <laughs> yeah, the fact that I, I just expected Kligson to be around longer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it did lead to that awesome moment where Dirge like crushes his head. And then the next panel is Dirge wiping his hand on Zuckus's robe. Zuckus <laughs> <laughs> is like, I can't what he says, but it's a really good line. It's something like, that is not how I like my robes to be used or something like that. <laughs> Zuckus is so good. Yeah, Zuckus is brilliant in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I mean, and I love um, Davide Tinto's art. I think the art in, these, in the issue since he took over have been excellent. Um and Ethan Sachs has continued to really, really impress me. I'm excited that he's getting the Django Fett miniseries next year. I think that'll be a good place for Ethan Sachs to go. Because um, he writes well, he writes Bounty Hunters and 
sort of morally gray characters really really well so i'm excited to see what he does with that after everything he's done with bounty hunters over the past three years uh john have you got anything else you'd like to add before we move on uh no no i think that's uh, a great thing to say um i am really enjoying the art uh, i'm trying to remember what's the cover art because is it still no i don't think it's got the older uh, Jan... giant oh, i can't remember his name the guy did the the cover arts at the beginning that i really liked no, I don't think it is. I mean, it's, it is a really nice cover, though. I, I mean, I, I love all the dark droids crossover covers, as I said last episode, but um, mm-hmm. I don't think it is. The art's obviously different. It's not Villanelli again, which is a shame because mm. if it's coming to an end, I would have really, he, considering he'd done all of the art yeah, up until a couple of issues ago, it would have been really nice to see him finish it because, I've, in my opinion, that's some of the best art in the ongoings. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the art was still good. It was still great. Yeah. It's just I, think, I, I missed I missed that art, that's all. My only ask for rounding up the, the story in issue 41 is that we get some sort of like Dengar return slash um, resolution. I think Dengar's the only character who we sort of lost along the way and we haven't had yeah. a resolution with yet. We saw him in something recently. It was like in a small like background scene in a restaurant and something's kicking off. It might be Dark Droids... I think it was no. I think it was it was bounty hunters. It was when um, Tonga was recruiting the other bounty hunters to join the squad. Like when she got Dirge and um, uh, oh, what's the night sister Death Sticks and all of that? Was it not? Was yeah. he not in the same bar with his? Oh yeah, and I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it would be nice to get that resolution to that Dengar story because that was a. You know, prominent thing for a few issues, wasn't it? That was during yeah. the whole Vicora thing and all that. Yeah. I mean, how, how did you feel about the return of Vicora and her sort of redemption arc? Yeah, I, I was. I guess I was never wild on Vicora until a certain point in the storyline where it suddenly clicked for me. Um, I wasn't huge on the sort of Cadelia, um, like heir to the two syndicates thing. But I like the story that it created for the Bounty Hunters crew, if you get what I mean. But mm. I think at some point, maybe around that issue, like 20, 25, 30, it like clicked for me. And I did really like like Vakura and that element of the story. So I'm glad to have her back. And I like the sort of unlikely team up with Losha. I think it's cool. Who's ripped, by the way. Ripped. Yeah. Losha has not wasted any time. I was so confused when uh, she first entered the comic on like the panel i was like that is not the same person i was like i was like i thought i had to go back and like double check a few things because yeah she's somehow just got swole she's been hitting the the juice mate yeah yeah totally (laughs) like swole (laughs) um right should we move on to our favorite comic series No, it's it's a series that's not as bad as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Darth Vader, number 39. Um, so, Greg Pak, Raphael, Ianenko uh, in this issue. Vader's on Mustafar, scrapping droids. Um, and he gets his lightsaber back. I've got some stuff I want to say about this issue, but I will, I will let John go first. Um, I... I'm gonna be honest. I I didn't really like it um like, at all. Um, uh, but it's one of those things again. Well, like, I didn't like it, but it's really hard for me to like 
really just say why, apart from the fact that it was just like, it just didn't vibe with me. Like, it just didn't click with me. Apart from like the first like page and that like, droids like narrating everything Vader's doing, it's just like fucking hell. Like, I, I can read, I can like, <laughs> I can see what's on the page. Like, you don't need to tell me what he's doing. Uh, um, and I don't know, I'm just not a massive fan of like this whole thing where like, like we're pretty far in Vader's story right now. Like, uh, we're not, I'm not 100% sure where we are in the timeline, but like, Vader's been Vader for a while now. And like, do we really need him? He's like having like his own like hero arc, whereas, but there's like the opposite way around. Whereas, like, no, we're literally weeks away from him redeeming himself and dying. Yeah. And then now <laughs> we're having like, he's like digging deep into his hate. It's like, it's like the thing, you know, you'd get like an American high school thing where the, the jocks got to like dig deep at a football game to like score a touchdown. <laughs> like, it's giving me that sort of vibe, and it's just like this is just not necessary for Vader, in my opinion. Like, why at this point? There? Yeah, like you should be sitting there being like, "Oh, I really, really hate myself." Like, <laughs> he literally does. He hates himself, isn't it? That's what he says to like empower himself. And then so like, much emo energy. Yeah. And then the droid afterwards is just like, "Oh, I know who you really hate. It must be me because I'm the big baddie." It's like, shut up. <laughs> Yeah, so safe to say John wasn't a fan. Chris, how about you? I had high hopes because the first panel was of Ball Guy. Yeah. Yeah, good, good start, good start pack. I see ya. Um, but then it did the same thing it always does. It does that thing where it nothing happens for the first seventy five percent of it, and they're trying to cram it all into the last twenty five percent to create some kind of uh, impression of a cliffhanger yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. It's shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's to say though the art's wonderful in it. The cover's great. Mm. Um, but it's telling when another issue this month features Vader, and it's way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I thought that. I was like, why can't this person be writing Vader? And I was like, oh no, this person did write Vader. And it was incredible. And it was the best. <laughs> it was the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, to be honest, I was I was disappointed because I I had turned a bit of a corner with Greg Pack Star Fader around about issue number 30, where I started enjoying the series again. When like the handmaiden thing got wrapped up and Afra came into it, I started enjoying the series again. And the first two issues of the Dark Droids Vader series I actually liked I think I maybe liked a bit more than certainly John uh, but maybe you as well Chris I actually quite liked them I was I was starting to come around on Greg Pak's Vader again and this issue just was a complete step backwards for me I it was Vader being tested again yeah I mean how many times do we need to see Vader being tested like of course there's no stakes Vader dealing with a big droid there's he takes more, take. honestly, he, te- he takes more tests than a hooker on, hooker on Mardi Gras. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he's constantly like, oh, he's testing my hate, testing my, shut up. I just... <sighs> Something happened, please. The thing is, there was an interesting direction of like, Vader is a cyborg, essentially, who could get infected by the Scourge. Like, for me, that was an interesting direction. And then as he said, 75% of this was just him fighting droids with annoying commentary that we didn't need over it. A little bit of ball guy action, which was good, but mostly yeah, it was, good it was balls. Yeah. <laughs> it was juggling some balls. It was redundant. And then the final 
part of the issue with something we've seen before, which is just like Vader getting angry again and and wanting to I go did. and kill Palpatine. It's like, yeah, but we we've done this before. Why are we still doing this? Yeah. I mean, I did slightly appreciate that because it feels like they've been told, All right, okay, we're going to start wrapping this up now. Mm-hmm. Get to Return of the Jedi. Can I just get a little bit annoyed for a second that Bounty Hunters is finishing at issue 41 and Vader is continuing to go on? Why the fuck are they cancelling Bounty Hunters and keeping Vader I'm going? guessing Vader sells a lot more. But why does it sell any more? of the other comics? It's shit. Vader in it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's Vader, though, and it had handmaidens. It's got prequel shit all over it, and those awful fans <laughs> lap that stuff up. Sorry, I don't mean I don't mean that. But you know, mean, there's, there's a huge pre- there's a there's a huge contingent of the fan base that worships Vader and Anakin and the prequels and Padme. And if that's if that's what you love, then this series has been fan service to series. Yeah, yeah. I it comes like balls as well. You know what I mean? Get <laughs> out. um but yeah i mean i I really don't like being negative about anything with star wars because like it is my you know my favorite thing in in the world and i I get sad when i don't like something star wars and it happens very rarely even the tv series that people crap on i still love it all but there's something about this this series that i just it just frustrates me because I like to think that Greg Pak as a writer is better than this. And it kind of just frustrates me that, that this, the series is every time it gets better, it goes back to being shit again. And I don't, I think it's I don't just like it. We've seen two awesome Vader ongoings that were both very different, but very wonderful. Yeah. And we've seen loads of great Vader miniseries like Dark Visions and Target Vader. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're good. They're a good time. They're not the best, but they're a good time. And then also you've got ongoings and crossovers written by Charles Saul happening at the same time as this. Yeah. And it just pales in comparison to all yeah. of that. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame, but it is what it is at this point. I'm hoping that, you know, maybe next, next month it picks up again. And this was just a, a stinker in the middle of a good dark droids event, but I, I don't know. Um, do either of you have anything else you want to you want to add on this one? Um, no, the webbish bug thing didn't go anywhere. Like we didn't ex- like we expected it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> Should we talk about a comic that I think we all loved? Oh wait, it didn't have Oshie of Bastoon in it, so that's about that's a plus. Yeah, where has Ochi gone, by the way? Fucking who cares? Next. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh... This is a good shit boy special, this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, okay, so next up on my list, I had, this is a big one. So this is the, the official launch of the Phase 3 of the High Republic with the High Republic Shadows of Starlight Issue 1. Uh, one of three comics this month written by the GOAT, Charles Soule, and the art in this one by Ibrim Robertson. Um I actually got a physical copy of this one for once because I saw one of the variant covers with Yoda on it and thought it was absolutely gorgeous and I needed to buy it. So I had the the good fortune of reading a nice physical copy of this. Um, I fucking love this comic. Um, Chris, I'm going to start with you as the sort of resident uh, sort of High Republic completionist here. Tell us about Shadows of Starlight. Okay, so I was expecting this to be decent. Because all the, the High Republic Star Wars comics are decent. Um, 
but I, I don't know if I, I wasn't like super super excited for it i don't know why i wasn't um but it's honestly this this is the issue that i was referring to earlier i hope it was for you john as well this is like one of the best comic issues i've read in a long time uh, this is not, but sorry it, it this is saul on his vader level do you know what i mean it, it was it's that good like honestly what a way to start phase three now i've read the first phase three book and i'm not going to give you any spoilers but this shit's all over that <laughs> this this was so good honestly more, more chris hot takes <laughs> yeah and I, I think when it when the issue came out i put like a little psa post out saying like even if you've never read the comics before and you don't intend to read the comics just read this comic mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. this is important for phase three this yeah. is not a side story yeah this is the yeah, story no, this is, yeah this, this is, is the story yeah. yeah john can i ask you because you have read phase one um <clears throat> but you're still yet to catch up with phase two how did this one work for you as someone who hasn't read phase two um an excellent question and i intentionally did that one because to give an interesting take someone who's not <laughs> read phase two and not because i forgot to read all the books uh, <laughs> um, phase two uh but yeah to be honest i was kind of expecting to be a bit more clueless on certain aspects but i kind of jumped in straight away and was was fine so any listeners who have done the same as me and not read phase two i think you're going to be fine definitely need to read phase one if you haven't done that and you try to read this comic you are a muppet um but it is is i'm uh, unbelievable <clears throat> charles soul is, is on a on a win, he must have been at his death just doing lines of coke this month, just because he's like everything he does is just excellent this month, and this is this is one of them. Um, the, the it's nice to see a bit of Yoda as well. Again, I haven't read Phase Two, and I think he features a bit more in there. But for me, it was for a nope, refreshing. Not at all. Oh, yeah, hardly. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, Yaddle does. <laughs> so it was nice to see a bit of Yoda. Um, I like to the scenes where. Yoda and the the new guy can't remember his name are in the cell, and like as they're having a little meditation, they have a little scrap. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. you can see like Yoda's determination on his face, holding his lightsaber. I was like, this this art is popping off. So this is where completionist Dan and Chris will come in and explain to you that that is not a new character. <clears throat> oh. oh, so that character oh. that character is Aslin Rell, who featured. I wouldn't say prominently, I'd say he featured sort of minorly in the in phase two. Um, but his major feature was in the Edge of Balance precedent manga. That was sort of where you got the good chunk of his story. That um, and... Um, Claudia Gray's Quest of the Jedi yeah, as well. Yeah, Quest of the Jedi. And then he yeah. was featured briefly in Cataclysm. And briefly at the end of Poffer to see it as well, I think. Um, yes, he's the one that comes right at the end to, to investigate Kevmo, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Aslin Aslin Rell is a Phase Two character, John, who um, had, you know, had a, had, a, had a bit of a story through that phase, and at the end of the phase, has a very significant sort of moment where he is basically, you know, has a lot more knowledge and insanity. Uh, knowledge about the nameless than most of the other Jedi. So the fact that Yoda has found him and is trying to learn about the nameless from him was a pretty 
I mean, I was like, it was a mind blown moment, like jaw on the floor moment for me, having just come out of phase two of like, oh my God, they're doing it. They're connecting everything together. You can tell when something's monumental when we message each other about it. Yeah, like instantly. Because <laughs> I was at work and you were like, have you read it yet? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> well, we, we didn't we, even seem to say what it was about. Well, Chris, we had always been talking about who the bandage guy was at the end of Midnight Horizon. Like We were yes. always going on about that. And to finally not get confirmation, that. yeah, it was Did not expect awesome. that at all. And just to put it in like context, uh, John, like Aslin Rao in Phase 2... He's like, I don't know, like the Balzetta fairy. He's like a young, sort of good-looking, charismatic Jedi. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine the Aslin Rel you've seen in that comic, who he became after 150 years or whatever of shit. It's, yeah, it's just great stuff. And there was, like you said, a lot of Yoda. It was like prime Yoda content as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I loved seeing the council in the Senate chamber. Like, that was wild. I, I don't know why that's something we've never seen before, but it was just that was dope. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that's a point actually. That whole that whole what do they call it? Like emergency measures. What they guardian protocols. Guardian protocols. That's what they invoke. Now again, this is a typical horror public thing, where again, because I've read Edge of Darkness, this isn't spoilers. That just adds context. The book doesn't mention. It does mention Guardian Protocols, but it doesn't explain it. And if you haven't read that comic, you wouldn't get that layer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like incredible issue. I can't, I can't imagine how they're going to top this one. For the oh, it's next, Char- it's, I mean, it's Charles. Like he's he's always fun. cooking, isn't he? Yeah, it's like the the end of the issue is like seems like it's just going up a gear. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've seen what happens next, but I think I might have dreamt reading the issue too. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you got it spawned as well. Oh uh, yeah, like I'm sure, right? That even though, because obviously he destroys that colony, doesn't he? Because he wants all the nameless to be destroyed. Mm. Like that's his ultimate aim. Mm. I'm sure I've read a story where Yoda's like, "Yeah, he did do that, but we still need him." And then the council are like, no. Am I making this up? I mean, that sounds. To be honest, it sounds like where the plot would go. That's that. That sounds like no. It's like it's not far fetched for it to do that. Maybe so. that's an edge of darkness. Actually, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll boo. Yeah, maybe you've just yeah. spoiled a book that isn't even out. Yet. Yeah, I'm boo. sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but no, I think we're all pretty much in agreement here that this comic was incredible. Artwork as well, John. Do you like the art? I did, yeah. Sorry, I had to cough there. Um, I did, yeah. Who's doing the art? Because I, I'm, uh, I've got it in front e- of me, but I can't Ibram see. Robertson. Yeah, because it's nice. Is the cover art the same person, the Yoda one, Dan? Uh, no, no, that that variant. I can't remember who did that variant. But it's a different. The main artist. covers are Phil Noto, aren't they? Yeah, the main covers Phil Noto. Um, is there which a, is that's a lovely cover as well. Yeah, he's yeah. great with covers, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of Phil Noto's art in books. But his covers are wonderful. His covers are, yeah, really iconic covers. Um, yeah, anything else we want to add about Shadows of Starlight? No, it's fucking incredible. 10 out of 10. <laughs> nothing nothing touches it this month. And I'm, I'm excited to hear what John's number one is now. I'm going to guess Afro, right? No. Star Wars? Ooh. No. Well, what else is there? Dark Droids. I think so. 
Dark droids. Yeah, sorry. Double check. Because I, I read them all in like an hour. They all kind of read merge into one, but I'm pretty sure it was Dark Droids. Wow. I think Dark next... Droids is the next issue we're discussing, isn't it? Cloud. Yeah, next, next issue we're discussing is Dark Droids issue three. Let's jump all... straight into that. Also <laughs> by Charles Soule, written by Luke Ross. Let's not bury the lead. Let's jump into it. John, you like this one then? <clears throat> I did, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find it so I can remind myself what, what happened. What so this is the one where the main Scourge guy turned in to Sar- uh, Sauron. Yes, he yes. turned into Sauron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His ship was sick. Yeah, um, really dope. I'll start off at the beginning. So one, C-3PO just like rocking up at Mustafar, Vader's castle. Like, what's he doing? Like, <laughs> that's mad. <clears throat> um, and then... It cuts to, yeah, it cuts to, it's just the whole, yeah, Sauron, the ship, oh, it was just sick. And then, I mean, I'm assuming this is what you were talking about earlier, Chris, and you were saying, like, um, it's funny how Vader's appearing in this month in a different series and is written, like, ten times better. Oh, yeah. He, like, perfect. That was just, like, Vader and that just, like, slaps. The man's, like, a walking, well, he's not walking anywhere. The man is, a like, sitting there as, like, a torso, and he's still dominating and yeah the artwork like, surrounding it with the like we're getting charles souls force outline yes. of later but in yeah, reverse you'd like this john yeah like so we saw the well not reverse but we we're seeing it like outside of the force thing that was in charles souls oh, it was just it was just dope um especially like when he's like the panel where he's like lifting his arms up and he's like floating in the air and he just like just crushes all the droids. Oh, oh it was so cool. It was fat. So this is my favorite <laughs> issue of the month. This was I was sitting there like reading it, like almost jumping out my seat. I'm like, get him, get him. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Yeah, I mean, to, to, obviously, I'll go into the whole thing, but just to carry on the points about Vader, um, like Vader doesn't really say anything in this. It's pretty much a silent. So in just a few silent panels. Charles Saul manages to perfectly convey what Pack were trying to do with that clumsy "I hate myself" thing. Because <laughs> yeah. you you see, like you see how menacing he is. You see how lost he is and alone. Like there's that panel, isn't there, where after he's destroyed all the droids and he's just slumped against the wall, all stumpy and stuff, with no arms and legs, and mm. he just looks lost. Yeah, you know. And it, it, it hit me then, I was like, fuck, that's Anakin Skywalker, which never happens. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You're, I, I don't know where you, but I always, I've always seen them as two separate people. Um, and yeah. it really hit me in that moment. And I was like, Charles Saul is a genius. Like, he's managed to, in like 10 panels, shit all over <laughs> this entire Vader run. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Oh god, yeah. it's so good. But just, I mean, apart from that, like, I really love how dark. I know it's in the title, but how dark this main dark droid series is, and how almost Shakespearean it is. Like the mm-hmm. whole, all three issues are just essentially like one giant monologue by yeah this main this point. main scourge um, thing, and it's sort like I say, it's almost Shakespearean and it's epic and it's like Greek tragic, you know what I mean? It's 
so different from anything else. Probably the closest thing to it is probably that last volume of Saul's Vader in its tone. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really good. It's it's leagues above, in my opinion. As much as I love Kira, any of the other crossovers. Mm. I just yeah, I just I like agree. the um the body horror as well. Still like jumping out at me and surprising me. Yeah, like, isn't that the first? Just a page after the big dark droids panel, like the writer and all that jazz. Just like again, just like a little couple of droids just roaming around. One's got like actual legs. Yeah, the yeah it's like an the astromech, astromech with legs. woman's legs. Yeah. <laughs> right, really and out then there's another well. one who's got a literal skull as a head. Yeah. It's like, what is happening? Yeah, in like water. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's just yeah. this is like this just like feels tonally like. I mean, it goes back to what we said like last month. You know, this is like a serious, like horror-themed Star Wars event, and this, the mm-hmm. this, these last three issues of Dark Droids really have like cemented that, which I don't think has been done as obvious in the other other titles because obviously mm-hmm. they got a bit more the tones of that well, I, series. I was just thinking, like, it's impressive. Like I was saying about this, how this is the best crossover so far, but it is just in how it works as a crossover. So. Yeah every series has its own thing going on but it's still it's all just one giant dark droid story you're just seeing it from different povs mm-hmm. um so yeah. it's more character based um which it works so much better than war the bounty hunters trying to interweave this epic story which made Wait, it was messy. very like it was very situation based wasn't it or event yeah based. it was like this is one thing happening and everyone's gonna be whereas crimson empire crimson door no what is it crimson Crimson rain rain crimson rain and hidden empire they uh were really loose to the point where the other series didn't really cross over them at all it wasn't really a crossover yeah um they were all really good though obviously um but this feels like the perfect balance of the two yeah yeah no i completely agree i absolutely love this issue um my first thought immediately was like the sauron droid was dope and then yeah the vader thing as soon as i seen like vader in the like the force form that we're used to seeing from charles souls series i instantly was just like oh me and john are gonna have something to say <laughs> um because i've just realized sorry carry on because i absolutely love that imagery from charles souls series it's one of my favorite things about that series and then yeah chris that image of vader like slumped on the wall after destroying all the droids is so powerful um but i also really loved like the sort of Ajax bit of this, yeah. this issue as well, um, with him sort of leading uh, an army of droids to fight the droids. Yeah, I got like massive uh, sort of Golden Age superhero vibes from that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, like he was like Superman leading the way, and like a lot of the imagery I think was meant to invoke that. Um, yeah. Not like in a really overt way, but just I just got impressions from that. Like, it's very clear that Ajax is a good guy, and they're trying to show us that Ajax is a good guy. Yeah. Um, which is cool, because usually with these kind of zealots, it's usually the way around, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, really, really cool. And I just realised something. So, for the people listening, one ongoing joke we have on this podcast is when I when we join the sessions to record it, I will make a different name for myself. Just, just to make the other people in the chat laugh. Now... 
I didn't even think about why I chose the name I did, but the name <laughs> I chose is the Shit King of Angmar. But obviously, it's because of it's because of the Sauron thing. I didn't even I didn't even like connect those dots until just. But I have only read the issue today, so that imagery is obviously in my head. Yeah, <laughs> you think, it's usually um... some variant of Riz. Awesome at though, isn't it? <laughs> do, you, do you think the series of dark droids is gonna end with um C3PO and R2D2 going to like what essentially is the Star Wars version of Mordor? To yeah, to destroy the virus or something. Yeah, they're gonna oh, yeah. drop the uh, like a, a washer <laughs> into the smelting pit, yeah, like a USB drive goes into yeah. the melting chamber, yeah, into Mustafar. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, that, yeah, that could but... actually work, you know. They could drop the uh, the original, the original spark that it took over yeah. into the lava to kill it. Maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe that's where he's cooking. Is Saul secretly baking Lord of the Rings in Star Wars? I think it might be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, really love this one. Dark Droids is continuing to really, really impress me as a crossover and as a sort of event series. Um, mm. This, this to me is a Marvel Comics event done right. That um, time. And yeah, what I was going to say, there aren't actually many of them in recent memory that have done crossovers right. And I'm talking outside of Star Wars, like Marvel Comics in general, that this one is excellent and Charles like Spider-Verse. nailed it. That's pretty much it. Yeah, Dan, like, yeah, Dan Slott's Spider-Verse. Yeah. That was like 10 years ago. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> well, no, apparently that new Daredevil one's good. Is it Devil's Reign? Yeah, I actually quite enjoyed that one. Actually, it's, anyway, back to Star Wars. <laughs> anyway, back to Star Wars. Secret Wars was good as well. Um, but no, this was great. Uh, shall we... Well, I mean, the next two on my list are the the adaptations, so we'll come back to them at the end. because we Can I just to... say now, I haven't read them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think John has either. <laughs> I think That's it's just me. Really <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I've seen the episodes, so... Yeah. But we'll come back to them at the end because if anyone's listening to this for the first time, we don't pay a huge amount of attention to these because um, great series like Sana Staros get cancelled so that they can do an Obi-Wan adaptation, which is panel for panel, exactly the same fucking thing, but with worse art. Anyway, Star Wars number 39. Yeah. Uh, so they bring one, back Sana. More Charles Soul. So we've just, we've just had three Charles Souls in a row. Uh, this one with art by Madabek Musabekov. And in this one, we're following Lando and Lobot again. Um, they have just w- woken up the Rancor in Jabba's palace. They've got the weird talky droid with them. Um, and they sort of escape the Rancor pet, um, but sort of piss off the horde of their scourge droids. And what I found one of the most brutal parts of any comics this month is poor Lobot gets transformed into a, an evil scourge droid. Um, yeah. So, Chris, t- take us away. What did you think of this one? Well, I, I will say my piece first, but I am interested to hear where John falls on this because John famously didn't like the first episode, issue of this arc, but they loved the second one. So I'm assuming that you'll be indifferent to this one. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, it was really good. It was a good, great continuation. You know me, I love anything written by Charles Saul. I love Saul's Lando. Um, I thought this was good. I feel like it was slightly misleading. There wasn't a Rancor fight. They just, the droid, the droid just screamed in his face and they ran off. Um, but it but it was a nice issue. It had some great dialogue. I remember like reading it in the, in the first few panels. I think I read this one after Vader. And 
just the dialogue differences in it i was like okay this is way better like the the sort of there's some really key lando moments in this yeah um with just like some of the lines he says where i was like oh that's lando and this is written perfectly um it was yeah it, it was a good time really fun it felt more like a transitional issue than like a, a big one um but the one thing i do appreciate is it's almost like soul was listening to our last our last episode when we were like so they're just gonna let droids into the palace after the joy thing and they've said well jabba's not there yeah jabba's not there during this so i was like okay this is starting to make a little bit more sense now as to how a massive droid revolution isn't mentioned in return of the jedi yeah um but yeah no it was really really good really good john what did you think yeah i enjoyed this i enjoyed this issue um i unfortunately spoiled it for myself because i I think i read dark droids before this one so obviously the ending panel of dark droids is already low bot converted yeah i did the same yeah so like about halfway through i was oh this is just i know what this is going to end one way um so that's my own fault Um, i mean i think that was intentional because yeah. the reading order is dark droids now in the, in that last panel it's almost like a tease because you have it shows three characters doesn't it that have turned mm-hmm. um Magna. two of them haven't turned yet by the time you because dark dark droids 3 came out before star wars 39 and afro 37 so yeah so the only oh, one okay. we know is valance in that picture yeah oh, okay yeah. i don't feel too bad to spoil it for myself though. but no it was good uh i enjoyed I enjoyed the little mm. conversation Lando has at Han's corpsicle because um, then it explains that, or I think we were talking about last week, or why doesn't he just take him now instead yeah. of um, coming back for him? And then also, literally, as he finishes the conversation, they get like swarmed by droids. So it's like, oh, okay, that kind of answers the question that no one was really asking, but probably asking in the back of their heads. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed this issue. I think it must have just been the first one that just. Rub me up the wrong way. Maybe I had a bad day at work because um, the, the last two I've really, I've really enjoyed. Yeah, no, I I, I really love this one. Um, I um, I do I do just love Lando and Lobot when Charles Soul's writing them. Um, I actually found that scene with Lando talking to Han and like Lobot almost going to rescue him like really quite powerful and emotional scene. Like um, for me, this is this is Lando's character arc between empire strikes back and return of the jedi like really starting to solidify of you know him sort of redeeming himself for him for being a traitor in empire strikes back um so i i really really like that um i actually found the whole jabba and his squad being off elsewhere quite a, a funny little like convenience that works quite yeah. well for me um i like that and um I th- yeah, as I said earlier, I thought that ending with um, obviously Lobot being turned and then um, Lando sort of having to leave Tatooine without him. Um, obviously, you know, it ends with him saying, I'm going to go rescue my friend. But I thought it was quite a... Yeah, I get what you mean with transitional, but I felt like it was quite an emotional chapter in this yeah, story. Yeah, I mean, this whole Lando-Lobot thing is quite emotional. It has been for, what, eight years now? Yeah um so yeah i'm i'm into it and i feel like that last that last panel it has me excited for the next issue when when saul does this you know something good's coming 
Yeah. And I, I really like the, the penultimate page where we just got that one page of flashbacks to Lando and Lobot like hanging out. Yeah, because he says that line to him, doesn't he? Yeah, so Lobot says the line about um you know, is it you're like you're a lucky cat, Lando, or something like that, as the Scourge robot, and then he they flash back to Lando saying that to no Lobot saying that to Lando back in their, you know, younger years. Um which goes to continue to develop that bond between the two of them that I have never felt as a close relationship until Charles Soule started writing Lando and Lobot. I never really realized that that was much of a, a friendship, you know, brotherhoods until Charles Soule picked up these two characters. So I appreciate the continued development of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I was just caught up in a message again. I'm such a shit <laughs> co-host. I'm sorry. Uh, right. Uh, I, I, I am engaged. I love this podcast. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Shall we move on to Dark, dark Squad? No, D Squad. <laughs> yeah, D Squad. That's what D-squad they call me on the streets. Two. <laughs> so, Mark Guggenheim writing Salva Espin on the art. No, there was sort of I actually really enjoyed last month's D Squad, even though it wasn't hugely like eventful. This one, I actually thought was cracking. I thought this was such a good comic. I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I absolutely love this. Do you know what? I don't agree with you. I Ooh. I didn't dislike it. It just wasn't. It didn't. I just I don't know. Just didn't seem meaty enough. Um, but that might be because I was trying to rush all the comics for this <laughs> for this recording, and it just I needed something more. Um, I can't remember anything that happened in it to be honest. I know we had triple zero being triple zero. So, so to me, this was like the funnest issue of the month, and this for me was like R two and just every droid that we know just starting to bump into each other in one place because obviously bumps into triple zero, then they go and rescue BT, then IG-88 rocks up, then 4LOM rocks up, and then yeah, it finishes like with the some, random, some random scourge cyborg guy. Yeah, I, I, I did like the 4LOM thing, because it made me realise, I was like, oh yeah, he's not in Bounty Hunters at the moment, is he? He went off. He went, yeah, he went, got chucked out in the escape pod, didn't he? Yeah, and I was like, this is matching up. Yeah. I mean, I, I do... I, I did enjoy it. It's definitely fun. Um, maybe just not super eventful and memorable. It was just a fun issue, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which I think this series should be allowed to do because, I mean, everything else in Dark Droids is quite heavy. This yeah, one, especially the main series. Yeah, and this one just doing a bit of like sort of like funny farty droid humour, like sort of old Clone Wars Lucas style droid humour, but like within the Dark Droid story. I don't know. I, I like it. Like, yeah, R2D2, like capturing um, BD uh, BT one, um, and, like dragging him along with his like little tow rope. Yeah, just, that was I cool. Know. I don't know. It's funny, John. What about I, you? What did you think of this? I yeah, I enjoyed it. It's, it is just like a little fun little issue. I have like the smallest and most personal complaint, and it's just I love this issue when there's like literally just like no dialogue and just like chaos between yeah. R2D2 and stuff. So at times what's the droid called? Triple uh, Zero. Triple Zero was um a bit too he goes yappy. on a bit. Yeah, yappy. Um and it's it reminds me of C three PO, but and it's just like 
more murderous. I mean, that's yeah. literally who he is, though, isn't it? He's yeah. murder C-3PO. Um, so he just like, mum, he just goes on and on for a bit. And uh, like my favorite pay- panels of this is like when um, R two is getting chased and there's like rockets have gone off around him, and he's like, yeah, just stuff like that. Just fun. Yeah, just droid noises and no just, dialogue. Yeah. yeah, just just droid nonsense. Um, I do yeah. feel like this this series is like an answer to everyone worshiping Chopper at the moment, though, and being like, no, R two is the one because R two totally like it rocks in this series. Yeah. Yeah. You remember you remember why he's so good, and there's another comic which we'll be discussing, Canon Catch Up, which reminded me of that as well. Um, mm. Later, mm-hmm. like next week or whatever. Um, but you know, it's that it's that it's that R two we see in as much as I'm not a huge fan in Revenge of the Sith that sets fire to all the super st- battle droids, and it's that R two, and I I love that R two. We haven't had a lot of that recently. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, R two with his with his his oil jizz. <laughs> yeah, he jizzes all over the guys <laughs> and then sets them on fire. <laughs> Sorry, we had to get more dick jokes in. It's a shit. Yeah, it's been quite. This is not a chaotic episode. <laughs> Someone say um, something controversial. <laughs> um, yeah, so should we just go on to Doctor Afra? I mean, I, I don't want to sort of take away from D Squad Two. I liked it. I thought it was a good issue. It was good fun. I had a lot of good time. But there's not a huge amount to talk about apart from it's doing a fun job of just assembling droids. And do you know what Star Wars on D Squad though? I think. D Squad's going. It's going to be one one on one of the ones that works really well when we've got when we've got a tray paperback collection. Yeah, because it's not mm. it's not big enough to warrant waiting a month for each part. But to have to like five issues, whatever, to read through in one go, I reckon it's going to be a great time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Yeah, um, right. So Doctor Afra thirty seven, um, Alyssa Wong, Minkyu Yoon. Um, I mean, it's not a secret that us three absolutely love this entirety of Alyssa Wong's Doctor Afra run. So I'm going to assume that we all liked this one as well. Yeah, of course. We did, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, in, in this issue, Afra, Just Lucky, the Togs are all back on the big Tog ship and loads of Scourge droids start kicking off and uh, they basically decide they have to crash the ship to get rid of all the Scourge droids. Um, and meanwhile, poor Magna Tolvan is attacked. Her friends are killed, and she's turned into a scourge droid as well. So that was yep. pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really dark. Um, I loved that about this issue. Um, it was. I feel like Afra's honorary shit boy. Okay, <laughs> yeah. like she's like a total chaos fest. But every now and again. Her brows furrowed, and she's the one. You know, what I mean, she can come out with some great nuggets of knowledge. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and she can do her own thing, much like us. Um, <laughs> and just seeing Afra in that mode where she's like, "Hmm, it's the droids." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously, that is, of course, that's in keeping with our with her character. Because when we first met Doctor Afra in Darth Vader three. She was stealing dr- ancient droid AIs and creating murder bots, which is exactly what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That this, this, and then Vader hires her to to make a droid army for him. So, of course, Afra would recognise what's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that is what happens in this issue. Um, the thing I loved about this issue is Domino Tag is a massive badass. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I was, I was about to say this new Afra Domino Tog team up is working really, really well for me. I think it's badass as hell. 
Yeah, dominant tag. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to ship them. I, I understand Afra. You know, get your dick wet, Afra, whatever. But like, <laughs> um, it's, it's Afra, it's Afra and Santa for me. Um, yeah. which speaking of, into, speaking of, I'll get onto that in a minute. Um, <laughs> but I think just the imagery in this issue of Domina Tag when she's there in a dress, her hair's all dishevelled, and she's got that fucking wrist laser sword thing, and she's taking them all out. I was like, I'd watch a cartoon about this character. She's a badass. I want figures. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, the the whole Tog Corporation has been a really really awesome addition to canon, I think. And Domina Tog is like the best character in that. Within she's that like she's an awesome. evil Batman. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She's like rich, founder of the Wayne Corporation, and she's just going out taking names. Well, because I I almost think that Domina's almost a bit like a sort of like an anti Princess Leia. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like she's a she's a beautiful, powerful, smart woman who is you know in charge of a a big organization almost by inheritance and she also happens to moonlight as a complete fucking badass yeah um john what did you think of dr afra yeah another strong issue um enjoyed it very much i must say i think i slightly enjoyed is it magna is that her name yeah magna tolvan yeah Yeah. i think i enjoyed her bits of it not that there was obviously i think there's like a 60 40 split but i enjoyed her bits because it was, I think I literally just read maybe <clears throat> Dark Droids before this one, and I was enjoying the like horror-y themes that she had to go through. So obviously, obviously, Afra was like battling her way through, and that was cool, <clears throat> sorting her stuff out as you guys mentioned. But I think uh, Magna really was like, you know, she's in the she's in the depths of it, getting basically tortured um, by the droids to figure out how to transfer themselves yeah. from machines to the metal to the meat. Yeah. Um, it was it was really body horror, wasn't it? Like yeah. as you mentioned earlier, John, with the body horror. Yeah, Magna goes through some shit in this issue because, like, yeah. even before that happens, I'm just looking at it now. Like, it cuts to the panel, like a full page spread, doesn't it, of her crew fighting these droids, mm. and then the next full page spread is them all being murdered and their faces being ripped off. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just yeah. just the, just the meat ones, not the metal ones. Um, and then that moment later on in the issue when she wakes up. And her friend, who we've only just been introduced in this issue, but he seems like quite an earnest, sweet guy, is like crying, being like, help me, and like being murdered. And then, you know what I mean? Like, it's It's pretty dark. It's pretty dark (laughs) stuff, man. Fucking love Afro. I like the um, chefish looking droid. Just like, it just appears with all his swords or little knives in his hand. Well, that was pretty cool. Well, it was a right in the beginning, wasn't yeah, it? The, yeah, the sushi man just like shows up. The Chef Grievous. Yeah. Chef Grievous. <laughs> what did program you, was that? You, it was in Book of Boba Fett, John. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I remember when me and you were podcasting at the time, we ended up talking about Chef Grievous for ages. <laughs> yeah, he makes a return. He reminds me of the one from Little Mermaid. <laughs> no, I was trying to kill Sebastian, <laughs> but in evil droid form. <laughs> Was it? I'm, I'm trying to remember the cartoon that's got the um. It's Monster Zinc, isn't it? Oh yeah. The, the, oh yeah. Yeah. The chef monster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The sushi guy. Yeah, yeah. Um. But no, I agree with you both. Um. This was another fantastic Doctor Doctor issue. It's kind of just like we got to the point now. Where it's like, yep, yeah, Doctor Afra's back this month, and yep, yeah, it's excellent. Um. There hasn't been a bad issue of Doctor Afra. No, no, she has written thirty-seven 
issues of Dr. Afra, and every single one of them has been spot on. Yeah, I feel like Alyssa Wong is is the one. Obviously, you've got like Charles Soule and all that, but you've got that sort of next tier of the people that are pretty much pretty much there, like your Alyssa Wongs, your Jason Fries, Dan. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just uh, everything she touches. Well, I think they. Sorry, everything they touch turns to gold. Like absolutely wonderful. Yeah, yeah, no, incredible series. Um, I'm really glad that when they announced that Bounty Hunters was ending, they didn't say Afro as well. Clearly, Afro is making Marvel money, and I hope it does forever. Because... I think people would be upset if they cancelled Afro. Yeah, I think Afro will continue post this series, uh, yeah. post the this era of Star Wars. Yeah, 100%. Um, well, I can see we're starting to approach the hour, so we'll just get ourselves very quickly wrapped up. Uh, Mando Season 2, Episode 5 or Issue 5, Rodney Barnes, Georges, Genty. Um, this is the Ahsoka episode of Mandalorian, but in comic form, it's pretty bad. Um, oh, I like the episode on TV. How did they yeah. draw Ahsoka? Let's have a look. Not, not very made. well. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to be honest, like... <laughs> I'm I'm not a huge fan of uh, Georges or is it Jorge's um, Jonti's art. He he was the guy who took over from Ario Anandito for like three or four issues of the High Republic with Kevin Scott, and I always felt that those issues didn't land as well as Ario Anandito's issues. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of his artwork, um, and I feel like there's something about these um, crappy adaptations where they tend to get the artists that I don't really like to do them. So I'm already going in with a mindset of like, I can't be bothered to read this. And then the artwork is bad. So it's, it, I don't know, it, this one did nothing for me apart from just remind me again, why I get annoyed that these things continue to exist. Um, yeah. This artwork is bad. Yeah. It's not, it's not great. Um, but yeah, the episode's dope. Go watch that instead. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, speaking of art, if we could just quickly jump back to Afro again. This uh, was drawn by Minka Young, but also Jeffro Morales. And I think it was the Magna sections with Jeffro Morales. Oh, right. And the okay. Afro sections were... Thing, okay. And I, I wasn't a huge fan of the art of the Magna ones. Like, the eyes were oh, weird. Okay. Um, I, didn't, I didn't actually notice that. Yeah, it's too, if, you, if you go and look at it now, the, the art style is noticeably different between those two storylines. Right. Which, I, which I feel like is worth noting. Sorry to interrupt and jump back to that. I mean, it's okay. me. All you interrupted was me slagging off these adaptations. Yeah, I, I didn't read it. Don't give a shit. And then we also got Obi-Wan issue, Obi-Wan Kenobi issue 2, Jodie Hauser, Salvador LaRocca on art. Again, <laughs> this is Forgot. an issue, this is an episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi that I liked. I really, really hated this. Like, I'm sorry, I don't like Salvador de Rocca's art in this comic at all. Reaver's drawn terribly. Baby Leia's drawn terribly. Um, is it Naja? Is that is is that um, Kumar Nanjiani's character? He was drawn terribly as well. Oh yeah. It yeah, it's not good. It's it's a way. It yeah. I, I'm reading them for my homework for this. So that one of us has at least read it. Does Reva uh, at least look human in this one? No, no. There was a really, really terrible panel where like, poor Moses, man, Moses where Reva, ran where through Reva's, the. Sorry, yeah. carry on. There's one panel where like Reva's face is like a heart, like the actual 
eyes, nose, and mouth takes up like twenty percent of the face of the head. I, I don't know what was going on. Like, was, I, I just, I don't get it. For someone who apparently traces faces, he doesn't even seem to do that very well. Um, but I was just saying that, like, I, I feel for Moses Ingram because she was given unquestionable amount of shit from the fans for literally no reason. Yeah. Uh, and then now she's been subjected to looking like a fucking gremlin in a comic book. Yeah. 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 Uh, and she's obviously yeah. like a stunning woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I find particularly baffling about this artwork is like Moses Ingram is stunning. And yeah. then this <laughs> Salvador La Roca is just, I, I, I don't know. He, Salvador La Roca is even making Ewan McGregor not look handsome. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, that's mental. <laughs> um, yeah. I think for these like, these show adaptations, like while I understand what they're doing, like tracing it and making it look like as to the show as possible, like just just take your own spin on that. Like just go to an artist and be like, watch this show, and then just draw it however you want, and yeah. just use your own style and just do that because like no one needs like everyone knows what Hugh McGregor looks like. No one needs to see like some shitty version of a photo of real Ewan McGregor like we all know what it looks like yeah I, yeah. Just... I would ra- I would rather them get like some of the artists who do like hyperspace stories you know like the quite yeah. cartoony uh, well, like, like Nick, Nick Brokenshire for example oh mate and like yeah, do so like good. more of like a pulpy unique adaptation of well, these stories yeah, they have done that for the movies haven't they like IDW did a bunch of adaptations which obviously are the same artists that went on to do adventures and hyperspace stories yeah. um, for Solo and that and even The Mandalorian they did one for Mandalorian which is a lot better mm-hmm. um, just because it has it has more of like that cartoony or artistic take on it yeah. it adds something to it yeah because what they might as well do um, for this literally just like Get the artist to stick on the program, pause it where he wants a panel, screenshot it, and just print it. I think I think that's what he does. That's pretty much what he no, does. I mean, like legit, like just screenshots <laughs> of the show, like and then just put the word boxes like on the actual. To be show. fair, they exist. They're called screen comics, and you can get them for the Clone Wars and Bad Batch. Oh, there you yeah. go. And Mando. Well. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to waste more airtime talking about these things because we're going to have to do it again next month. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, I'd say pretty solid month of comics, lads. Yeah, I mean, do you mind if I just do a quick rundown of the collector's editions released this month? Uh, well, yeah, I was just going to mention before you do that that we did have the um, Dark Horse graphic novel by Cavan Scott, uh, Tales from the Death Star, um, which... We actually haven't read, and we're not going to talk about here. But at some point in like five or six years' time, we'll get round to it on Canon Catch Up, so you can hear our thoughts about it then. Uh, unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, <laughs> we've uh, we've lost Chris. Chris was going to do a nice roundup of the uh, collected editions that came out this month, but he's uh, he's just vanished. And uh, we're just going to wrap up the episode there. So uh, Chris is SW Book Collector. I'm sure you already follow him on Instagram, but you should go follow him. He's doing lots of omnibus reels at the moment, and uh, they're cool. John, you're John. I am John. Yep. And John occasionally posts on Vader's Castle Library and gets more likes than me and pisses me off. Oh, yeah, I've got uh, another omnibus to post about. There we go. Oh, Breaking the likes. And uh, I'm Dan, 
at Vader's Castle Library. Uh, comics Roundup will be back next month to talk about the November comics and Canon Catch Up, Legends Library, all the other good Star Wars Book Community podcast stuff will be with you this week, next week, and every week after that. So thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.